Welcome into another episode of Locked On Phillies. The Phils have won another game and another series. We'll talk about what they did against the Washington Nationals and how strong this homestand was. Also, I'll tell you why you shouldn't underestimate the Twins based on record or division and why this will be an interesting series this weekend in Philadelphia. And finally, we'll wrap up with a look at how the Phillies offense is finally looking dangerous. All that on today's episode of Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies. Your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I'm Connor Thomas, your host, Locked On Phillies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for checking us out. Really appreciate it. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube. All of that really helps us out here at Locked On, and it helps you enjoy Locked On Phillies in the best possible way. You subscribe to the YouTube, you get notifications when new episodes are posted, you get more content from us, all that good stuff, and it takes two seconds to do. It costs you nothing. No reason why. If you enjoy Locked On Phillies, you shouldn't be subscribing to the YouTube. So appreciate everyone who's already done that and anyone who's going to do that in the future. So thank you so much anyway uh, for checking in on Locked On Phillies. And yes, another series win for the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies took down the Nationals yesterday, 6-2. to two. Nice. Uh, I wouldn't call it a comfortable win because the Phillies were held scoreless through the first five innings, but uh, they battled. The offense came alive late. And what you look at is game results, right? I don't care if the first five innings are scoreless. Like, all that I care about is what the final score is. Now, there were some missed opportunities early on in this game against the Nationals because Patrick Corbin, who started for the Nats, walked seven guys and just worked around all of it. He gave up a run, but it was after he was out of the game. And, I mean, I just uh, – I don't get how the Phillies didn't come through earlier in that one. It felt like they had some big missed opportunities, but still – the offense came through late, and the long ball has been cooking for the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, it's a homestand that they just went on. So you got to remember they're playing in one of the more hitter-friendly parks in all the baseball here at Citizens Bank Park. But just looking at what the Philadelphia Phillies did over the course of this homestand that they were just on, which was the three games with the Royals and the four games with the Nationals. I mean, just look at the run totals in the Royals series. Five runs in a loss. Nine runs in a win. Eight runs in a win. Eight runs in a win. Four in a loss, which, eh, all right, seven in a win, six in a win. Like, this offense is five, six, seven, eight runs, nine runs. I mean, they're starting to put it up. I get it. The Royals, the Nationals, not exactly top-level playoff competition. No, you're not getting that from those teams. But still, they are good playoff teams that are losing to these teams. And the Phillies dropped the game to each of them, but they come out five and two on the seven-game homestand. The offense looks good. The starting pitching is settling in. Aaron Nola had a nice start last night to follow up Michael Lorenzen's no-hitter. Nola went five scoreless innings before he had an inherited run given up. So uh, he ended up with one earned run on the night, and you'll take that from him every single time. Didn't eat as many innings as he normally does, but still a solid performance from Aaron Nola. And if we're going to rip him for the bad ones, which, trust me, you hear me do that when he has bad ones, we got to compliment him on the good ones. And last night was a good start for Aaron Nola to keep the Phillies going until the offense got ready. And then, yeah, the offense took over in this one. I, I mean, the Phillies got out uh, a little bit to an early uh, – well, they didn't get out to an early lead, but 
uh, a good early start because of the Aaron Nola start, and you're feeling good about it early, and you're like, okay, if we're going to play the Nationals 0-0, eventually the offense is going to wake up. Uh, and then the Nationals scored first, and you're like, oh, okay, offense, it's about time to wake up. And, uh, Vargas had an RBI double for the Nationals. He put them up one nothing in the sixth, and the Phillies, great team's answer, right? I've been telling you this all year. Bottom of the sixth, Trey Turner, homers to left center. Trey Turner had an amazing homestand. He's hitting seven straight games. He's starting to show off a little bit of the power. The defense has been strong. It was just a great, great homestand for Trey Turner. And really, he's been hitting since that standing ovation. I know some people didn't love it. A lot of people were into it. Bottom line is, He's been playing well since. Who knows how that helped him mentally, but he's looked really good and uh, really strong performance on this homestand. Oh, and then the bottom of the seventh, this guy's hot too. Nick Castellanos, a two-run homer to left center in the bottom of the seventh to put the Phillies up four to one. And then JT Romuto, who's been cold, had a two-run home run to right center, which is kind of his power alley, make it six to one, and that was all the Philadelphia Phillies would need. Let's talk about Castellanos real quick because he's got three home runs in the last two games. He's really starting to get hot again. There was a worry after the All-Star break, and I talked about it in previous episodes. He went, he went through a bad stretch for like two weeks. You're like, oh, no. Is last year Nick Castellanos back? Were we getting a flash in the pan for the first half of the season? And it looks like, no, he just went through one of those midseason slumps, small one. And now that he's back, the Phillies offense is churning again. He's starting to look like the all-star that he was in the first half of the season. So that's great from Nick Castellanos showing off the power uh, at home. You love to see that because he's not really a guy that you expected three home runs in two games. He's like a doubles gap power guy where he'll hit 20-some home runs. He just hit his 20th on the year in yesterday's game. So that's good news for him. That's really great to get to that point. But He's not one of those guys that turns in super power numbers, just a very consistent, good hitter with uh, doubles gap power. But you'll love to see him doing that. That's a good sign that he's seeing the ball really, really well. And he's sitting at the all fields. He's pulling it. He's sitting at the center. He's sitting at the right. He's just really seeing the baseball well right now. And JT Romuto was like the one guy that hasn't gotten going since Trey Turner's hit on the homestand. He's been slumping a lot lately. Well, he had a big home run late in that one that has to feel really good for him going into a series with the Twins coming up. And the homestand isn't over, of course. The Twins are coming to Citizens Bank Park. So you got three more games. But, of course, you were looking at the really gettable games in this one, which were the Kansas City Royals and the Washington Nationals, seven games against two of the worst teams in baseball. And the Phillies, five and two, you'll take that. They're making big strides when it comes to where they're at in the standings. I just want to go ahead and take a peek at this. And the wild card race for the Philadelphia Phillies, they are four games up on the last wild card seed, which is the Miami Marlins right now. They're a game and a half up on the San Francisco Giants, 64 and 52, your Philadelphia Phillies are. That run differential keeps climbing. They got a plus 32 run differential now, and uh, they're starting to look like the team we thought they could be. It was a great series against the Nationals. You should have won the second game of the doubleheader, but doubleheaders are tough. It's hard to play consistent 18 innings better than another team, and it was two home runs from Joey Manessis that really kept the Phillies from getting a four-game sweep there, but I don't have many complaints at all about what the Philadelphia Phillies did in their series against the Washington Nationals. Offense looked good. Pitching looked good. Uh, bullpen was shaky at times, so I put that more on uh, Junior Marte, who struggled again last night. I don't know what spot he has going forward on this team, but they seem to like him. His numbers might look good ERA-wise, but the eye test says that this guy is not a guy I want in big situations for this team. But largely the bullpen was fine. And you're getting Jose Alvarado back soon. Like uh, 
that will be a big boost to it. I just I don't have many complaints when it comes to what the Philadelphia Phillies are doing right now. And one more time, I know I'll mention it. They're playing the Nationals and the Royals. I, I get it. That's not exactly murderer's row of baseball teams, but still, you take wins where you can get them, and the Philadelphia Phillies knocked back another win yesterday. So you absolutely take that. But you got a big series now against the Twins, a uh, interleague series here, three games at Citizens Bank Park. Game one is tonight, 7.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to every pitch of the Phillies' hometown radio broadcast of that game on the SiriusXM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies, and you can pull that up there. And I'm going to talk to you about why I don't think you should underestimate the Twins. I don't at all. They've had a weird season, but I'm a little bit more zoned in on them than most American League teams or most other teams in baseball because my brother and my mom are big Twins fans, so I hear them talk about the team all the time. And while they might be annoyed with the team, I know how good they were to start the season, and this is not the Nationals and this is not the Royals. A winnable series, but one that you're going to have to put some work in. So we're going to discuss that coming up uh, as we continue today's episode of Locked on Phillies. First of all, I want to tell you about my friends over at Sleeper. Do you think, uh, I don't know, Bryce Harper, he showed off a, a bit of a good swing on a ball that didn't quite get out of there yesterday, but he's been showing some pop. Nick Castellanos is hot. J.J. Romito just hit a home run. His coming bunches sometimes. Trey Turner's been playing really well. you think any of those guys can hit a home run tonight against the Twins? Well, I sure think someone's going to leave the yard. you got to believe it. The weather's nice. The offense has been pumping. And on Sleeper, you can swing for the fences with up to 100 times payouts. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and select more or less on their stat categories like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. You get your picks right, you could win big. And it's a super easy app to use. If I know how to do it, you know how to do it. I'm not the sharpest bulb in the shed. See, you get what I did there? Bottom line, very easy interface. You just pick your player. You pick the prop. So like hits, home runs, whatever the stat you want to do, and you just pick over or under. You can line up to eight players, and you can get – up to 100 times you're winning. I mean, it's such a great way to make money watching and playing daily fantasy baseball. It's so easy to do. And they got a new thing, all right? Dynamic payouts. They're live now on the Sleeper app. What dynamic payouts are, in short, uh, each player projection, it now comes with a multiplier. So let's say, I don't know, you want to pick a guy like Rodolfo Castro, who never plays and hasn't hit a home run for the Phillies yet since being traded from the Pirates at the deadline. You want to pick him to hit a home run? Maybe you see him in the lineup and you're like, okay, take the over for Castro home runs. Well, you'll probably get a pretty darn good multiplier on that because he's not a home run hitter. That can help you win even more money. Dynamic payouts, they come with more stat categories as well, so you can go ahead and check that out. Higher payouts, less picks, makes it easier for you and more profitable. Uh, there's so much good stuff on the Sleepers app. There's no better daily fantasy app out there. So let me tell you how you go ahead and uh, take advantage of our uh, code here that we get through Locked On. You use promo code Locked On. And you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. You put in $100, they'll match it. You end up with $200 to use in Sleeper Daily Games. So go ahead and check it out. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms are used for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. All right, let's talk about these uh, Minnesota Twins, the Twinkies, coming in with a 60-57 and 57 record out there in the American League Central. Now, I want to double-check this if they're still leading the uh, division out there in the Central, and they are. They are three-and-a-half games up on the Cleveland Guardians. So you're looking at a division leader and a playoff team in the American League. Are they the strongest American League playoff team? Absolutely not. Do they have some guys that can play the ball, uh, play ball a little bit? Absolutely they do. 
now you're not really seeing one of them on the mound. You're getting Dal uh, Dallas Keuchel, who you're facing, against Christopher Sanchez. And we know how good Christopher Sanchez has been this year for the Philadelphia Phillies. But Keuchel's only pitched five innings this year, coming back off of injury. He's got a 180 RA. No wins, no losses on the record. I mean, it's five innings pitched. So you don't have a lot of sample size to go off of for him for this year. But Keuchel was a guy when he was with Houston. It was like, oh, where did this guy come from? He's going to be one of the next great pitchers in baseball. And then he just kind of faded into the obscurity. You'll remember the name. You'll remember the beard. But you might not notice the player when you watch him play now as opposed to the guy he was when he was at the top of this game. He's just not that good of a pitcher anymore. A lefty. Uh, you just saw one in Mackenzie Gore that you hit really well in Michael Lorenzen's no-hitter maybe that means a weird lineup from Rob Thompson tonight. I imagine with the long stretch of games going on and getting near the end of it, we're going to continue to see him try and get guys rest. The last time I complained about a lineup, they scored seven runs and Michael Lorenzo threw a no-hitter. So I'm just going to reserve judgment until after the game to see. And then I also reserve my right to go back and say, why the heck was this guy starting? I know it's hindsight, but that's kind of what we do here in media is we critique guys' decisions after the fact. It's the benefit of this job and not having to be the in-time manager and why Rob Thompson gets paid a lot more than I get paid. But bottom line is uh, we're starting to get into that Rob Thompson zone where what he's doing is working, and hopefully we'll see it again tonight. First pitch again, 7.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can listen to every pitch of the Phillies' hometown radio broadcast of Phillies Twins on the Sirius XM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies. Here are the batting leaders for Minnesota, if you're not familiar with what they've been doing out there. Max Kepler leads the team with 80 home runs. Kyle Schwarber's got 30. Power obviously points towards the Phillies. Average, <laughs> the leading average on the Minnesota Twins for qualified batters is Carlos Correa with 227 average. That's just, I mean, they're, they're a really rough offensive team. Uh, RBIs, Carlos Correa is leading with 53. Alec Bohm has 73. He's got 20 more. The offense was really good in the middle stretches for the Twins, and then they significantly dropped off. The pitching was really good to start the year, and the offense wasn't doing anything. And now they're just both kind of sputtering. They just they got shut out by the Tigers, and we know the Tigers are not exactly a powerhouse team. I mean, they just got three of four taken from them by the Tigers. But – they did just go ahead and sweep the Diamondbacks, who we know how good they were early on in the season. That team can be quality. Like, the Twins are weird. In the Diamondback series, they scored three runs in a win. 12, they beat them 12-1, but then they scored five. They scored nine against the Tigers, and then got shut out. Only scored five, got shut out. I mean, they've got shut out two of their last three games. They're just such an inconsistent team, but inconsistent doesn't mean bad. It might show a lower-than-average record, and right now they're still over 500, but uh, the record is not the indication of the Twins' ceiling. They're not a team that really looks like they're going to put it all together this year, but in a three-game series, if you catch them at the wrong time, they've got some guys that can hit a little bit. Carlos Correa is still a fine hitter at the Major League level. Max Kepler has some power. They have some other guys in that lineup that uh, you're going to want to keep an eye on and everything there. I mean, they didn't do much against the Tigers, but uh, Polanco, Correa, Kepler – um, Gallo, I mean, they've got names you're going to recognize. This is not the Royals where it's like, who's this guy? Has he ever played in the majors before? And the pitchers you're going to see for the Minnesota Twins, you get Keuchel, who uh, he's only thrown five innings this year. And maybe that means he's feeling fresh. I, I don't really know how to take that. But uh, then you're also going to get uh, Pablo Lopez, who we've been familiar with a couple of times. Uh, 381 ERA, not bad at all. Nothing going wrong there for Pablo Lopez. And in the final game of the series, you're going to see um, Sonny Gray, who's got a 3180 ERA and been around baseball a lot. I mean, they've got a 
pitching staff that's veteran guys that you look at and say, okay, well, I know this name. I know this name. I know this name. Quality, been around baseball for a while, pitchers. Not going to blow you away, but still more than what you were seeing in the past two series. So I just hesitate to lump the Twins in in that same conversation as the Nationals and the Royals. The Twins are a middle-of-the-pack team, and that might sound like I'm slighting them considering they lead a division, but the AL Central stinks. Let's be real. And they're leading. So you got to give them the respect that they've earned by being a division leader to this point. And I just hesitate to look at the Twins as another pushover team. Now, the ESPN analytics on tonight's game uh, are showing you that the Philadelphia Phillies are favored and favored well. The uh, Phillies are 68.9% favored, according to ESPN analytics. So a big favorite to win tonight. And I guess that's just because you don't know much about Dallas Keuchel or anything like that. And he hasn't been good in recent years, but it's it should be a win for the Phillies tonight. And it should be two out of three, at least this weekend, especially with how good the Phillies are playing. I mean, I feel like some stuff is starting to get really figured out for the Phillies. I'm starting to get that special feeling. I'm going to talk more about that coming up as we wrap up, but the vibes are really good with this team. They've got momentum. Everything starts to seem like it's falling into place. And this is the type of year where good teams start hitting their stride when you get into mid August and September and you're starting to ramp up to October. Ideally, what you do is you start playing well in August and September. Well, ideally, you play well the whole year, like the whole year, like the Atlanta Braves have been doing. But uh, you really start to hit your stride in August and September. Then by the second half of September, you can start to position yourself. Hopefully, you've done enough to get set in the playoff position, and you can start giving some guys more rest and tooling your rotation and figuring out the bullpen for the postseason run. Uh, and then you're really rested and ready to go and feeling good about what your team's been doing recently come October and the postseason. So that's the, to me at least, kind of the the wave of the final part of the baseball season is how you want it to go. And right now the Philadelphia Phillies are riding that wave well. Everything looks good for the Fightins right now. Health-wise, they are going to get a little bit healthier too. I just, I don't know. I'm feeling a very special feeling about this Philadelphia Phillies teams that I haven't felt uh, felt since, I don't know when. Oh, yeah, last year when they made a run to the NL pennant and a World Series appearance. Like, this team is starting to have some of those 2022 vibes about them. And I'll talk more about how the offense is a big catalyst for why that's happening as we wrap up today's episode of Locked on Phillies. One more time, I want to let you know, 7.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can listen to every pitch of the Phillies' hometown radio broadcast of their matchup with the Twins game one of the series. Go to the SXM app, the SiriusXM app, and you can pull it all up there. Just search Phillies, and it'll pull up the hometown broadcast, and you can listen to the home perspective on the Philadelphia Phillies. You don't have to worry about, like, national audio or anything like that. No, you're going to get the local broadcast on the SiriusXM app. So go ahead and check that out uh, and give some love to our uh, partners over there at Sirius. But the Phillies offense has really been cooking. I mean, when you look at the seasons that these guys have had, right, the initial strugglers were Schwarber and Turner. Kyle Schwarber is always going to kind of have those weird struggles when it comes to the batting average. He's not an average guy, but he's going to hit homers, and he's got 30. He's probably on pace to get close to 40 again this year if he keeps up this pace and keeps hitting well and plays a bunch of guys first off day of the year in this series with the Washington Nationals. But he's been – showing off power. And then Trey Turner was struggling a lot. He really had a terrible first half. I'm not breaking any news there, but 
since the standing ovation in his last homestand. He seems like he's figured it out. He's hitting seven straight. His approach at the plate is much better. His swings look a lot more comfortable. The confidence is back with Trey Turner. You're starting to see a different kind of hitter. Like these past seven games is the hitter you thought you were paying $300 million for. And if you see that the rest of the way, wow, do we feel good about the Philadelphia Phillies offense. But it's not just that. Nick Cassiano started hot. And then he cooled off a lot of a little bit at the back end of the all-star break. And now he's back to his all-star form. That's great. JT Romito just hit a home run. He needs to break out still, but maybe that's a jumping off point for him. Alec Bohm and Bryson Stott have both shown that they've been really, really good major league hitters this year. They're figuring it out. I mean, both guys who have been sent down in their career because of poor performance and now are two of the best hitters in the National League by average. You got to feel really good about what they're doing. Bryce Harper is starting to put it all together. He's started to show a little bit of the power back. Uh, he's been good all year average-wise. He's one of the top 10 hitters in the National League by average as well. But you look at the power numbers and people are wondering, when are they going to show up? Well, they've started to kind of peek their head out a little bit. You want more in the power department as the season progresses, but you're seeing good stuff from Bryce Harper. All the people that we've worried about at points this season, I'm not saying they're going to continue to just be great the whole rest of the year. All I'm saying is what I'm seeing right now from the offense is very encouraging and that the people we wanted to break out, they're breaking out. They're starting to put together complete games. And the additional guys, the fringe guys that you don't expect offense from are starting to come through. Jake Cave has had some good at-bats as of late. Yohan Roas, even though he looks like he has some rough approaches sometimes at the plate, the numbers aren't bad for a guy who's seeing Major League pitching for the first time over the past couple of weeks. I like what I've seen from him. When you get Brandon Marsh back, that's going to be a help. When you get Christian Pache back, he's been really good for short spurts this year. Uh, I mean, Edmundo Sosa, Rodolfo Castro off the bench. Yeah, they're fringe guys, but I don't mind either of those guys in spots where they're batting in the bottom three in the lineup. Like, they can be productive at points. Yeah, I feel very good about this offense top to bottom. Garrett Stubbs, a solid backup catcher, hasn't had his best year offensively, but one of the best bunters in baseball, which, I mean, it's a skill set. It's something that helps you. I, I just look at this offense and I say, when I looked on paper at the start of the year and I said, this is going to be an outstanding offense, we're finally, it took till August, but we're finally starting to see it all come together. Now they have to make it a consistent thing over the course of the rest of the season so that they're confident enough heading into the postseason that they can do this against top-level competition when the pressure is on. But I feel great about the Phillies. The vibes this is the first series, this Washington National Series, was the first time that I felt the vibes from this team that they could be what last year's team was, or maybe even better. Yeah, I'm talking like World Series-level vibes. And I don't think that's insane to say. I'm not saying I'm guaranteeing they're going to or uh, going to win the World Series, but I am saying that this team has shown now that they could be one of those playoff-run teams. I firmly believe it. They got to keep it going. Still a ways to go, but the Phillies are in a great spot. And it's great times here at Locked On Phillies. That's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for checking us out. Make sure, again, you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube, all that good stuff. We're going to have a recap of this series with the Twins and hopefully some fun stuff to talk about on Monday when it comes to that. But, yeah, that's all for Locked On Phillies. I will talk to you next time on the next episode of Locked On Phillies.